My name is Jason Doldine, and I'm the host of Reaching Roots, a podcast with a goal to make life easier for parents and families so they can reach further. We're talking to people who inspire us with their journey, tell us about the problems they are solving, and provide us insight that helps us and our children learn and grow. Sleepless nights, life changes causing stress, and even postpartum depression are things most parents know are possible when baby comes home. Sudden relationship and personal challenges might come as a big surprise to new parents. Navigating life as a family can be harder than you expect. Between unwanting parenting advice from outsiders and no time for self-care, communication with your partner can halt to a standstill. Your once steady partner suddenly feels like part of the problem. Catherine O'Brien is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of happywithbaby.com. In this episode, we talked to Catherine about the advice she wishes she could have had when managing expectations of parenthood and relationships, and her guidance on how to build a happier and more passionate relationship with your partner. Catherine acts as a California State Coordinator for Postpartum Support International, serves the Maternal Mental Health Collaborative, and has helped establish a mother's heart in Sacramento, where mothers with perinatal and anxiety disorders go to receive support. Catherine is married to her husband, Rick, and has two kids, a son and a daughter. She coaches soccer, enjoys paddleboarding and rowing, and lives with her family in Sacramento, California. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Jason, for having me. Our pleasure. So, Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, uh, what was the motivation to write this book? Well, so it goes back 12 years ago, over 12 years ago now, when after we gave birth to our first child. And I was a mar- I've been a marriage and family therapist for almost 20 years. And I worked with a lot of couples. I had helped new couples that had become parents. And when our son arrived, I did not realize how unprepared I was for this transition to parenthood. And so I began to keep a running list of things. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have been more prepared. I wish I would have known that being so tired, I would find my husband more frustrating and that our communication would be bad. And how can we make that better? And how can we work on some of these issues? How can we get more support, you know, for having a new baby at home? Where, you know, where, what resources were out there to help us? And um, was given an opportunity to the, te- teach a workshop. And just from there, it just kind of snowballed into different opportunities and expanding my awareness to how much parents need support and how, you know, the different struggles different parents were having, um, but also the similarities and all of that. And how could, how could we be a resource? And so my husband and I have been teaching a workshop for over 11 years now together. And from that workshop, we decided to write a book and, and here we are. It took forever to write it (laughs) as parents ourselves, but it finally, it finally happened. (laughs) Yeah. Take me back to sort of 
know, that time when you felt overwhelmed, you felt frustrated. Um, you know, you talk about it so clearly in hindsight, which is like, hey, I was frustrated. I wrote a list of different things, but like, take mm-hmm. me back to that time. What was that feeling, and you know, why was it happening, and what were you feeling? What sort of the dynamic that was going on between you and your husband? Yeah. Well, you know, I was a professional. I had, you know, had a master's degree. Like I had done, accomplished all these things. And I was, I was terrified to be at home even with our son. Like I remember the first time my husband had to leave, leave me at home. He had it because our son was a little bit early. So he hadn't quite finished up his stuff at work and he had to go in for some meeting or to do something. And he left me at home with our son for a couple hours (laughs) And I remember just like rocking him in the rocking chair. I like clear have this image like etched in my mind and just rocking him in the rocking chair, hoping he did not need anything while my husband was gone. Cause I was not sure I could handle changing a diaper by myself or if I had to, you know, feed him or whatever, like how I was going to do that all by myself. And it was like overwhelming. And I mean, that definitely got easier, you know, much faster than I imagined that it would. Um, but I just, I, I found like I was more dependent on my husband to get things done, to accomplish things. I felt like I spent a lot of time sitting and feeding our son and doing very little for myself. Like I remember I would feed him, hold him, and he took forever to like nurse. So it just felt like hours and hours of this. And I would get up, hand it to my husband. I'd go to the bathroom. I I felt like I'd go to the bathroom. I'd come back and then he'd be like, he's hungry again. I'm like, you have got to be kidding. There's no way he's hungry. I've just been like sitting here all this time, like feeding him. There's no way, you know? So like, just like frustration is, you know, my husband would kind of felt like he was doing all the regular things he's always done. And, you know, I think there was a sense of like jealousy and frustration. And then we were so tired and exhausted and neither of us were getting an accumulation of sleep at night and so then we would you know our ability to communicate or understand each other was not optimal and so there was like you know arguments or frustrations or I felt like I was doing more than he was doing he felt like he was doing more you know and I'm sure we are both right (laughs) so yeah yeah like these, these are things you probably would have seen um, in other couples, right? Yeah. Not necessarily sort of driven by the babies, So you talk about, you know, you took you took this kind of angle you were talking about um, sort of different mm-hmm. uh, So tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, certainly those frustrations and what they can lead to. And you know what your advice is for people who are sort of um, attaching themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of uh, one of the big frustrations, and you know, we mentioned this in the book too, is kind of those like middle of the night negotiations of trying to who's gonna who's gonna get up with the baby, you know? And it depends, right? Like, if, especially if mom is nursing and the baby's eating throughout the night, like clearly mom's going to have to get up at some point. But like you know, what is, what is the partner's role in doing this as well? And, you know, where, what does that look like? And are there times where mom maybe doesn't and mom can sleep more? So how to like work that out? And we always like talk about like at two or three in the morning is probably not the time to negotiate (laughs) who's getting up. Um, But, you know, what 
is there a way to figure out how you guys can support each other in this? And I, I talk to couples all the time about you both need sleep and how are you both going to make sure you're getting adequate sleep? Because in those early months, it's, it's oftentimes impossible, especially when the baby's waking up every two to three hours. But if like, if there's a way that you guys can make sure that you're getting like each, like a chunk of sleep, like five to six hours more regular, like, I feel like it makes it more manageable. Like the two to three hours, weeks and months on end is, you know, a sure, it, I mean, it affects our mental health. It affects everything. Right. And so then what, how we can communicate with each other. So if there's a way, like how to make sure that you're both getting sleep. And I think one of the frustrations, like I have couples or, you know, clients will share with me. They're like, ah, oh, they told me they're tired. I'm tired. I'm like, there's no, like you're both exhausted, right? It's not a competition. And so I think it's, um, and, and, and I think there's a fatigue in different ways. Like, you know, especially if you birth the baby, like your, your body is recovering from that. So there's, you know, an extra level of fatigue with that, but also our partners are exhausted too, for other reasons. And where, if you aren't able to get that, like, where can you get some extra support in to help you guys both make sure that you're getting enough rest I think that's one of the basic things that we need to continue to be able to, you know, care for our child and our, our relationship and our family. Right. right. You, know, you give an example of um, finding or negotiating between couples about who's doing what. Or there's an meeting. You know, I feel like that kind of continues through through life right i mean it's mm-hmm. not yeah older you're coaching soccer right now oh yeah <laughs> it happens right because there's tasks that need to get done and yeah we need to figure out who's actually going to do that so what is your advice in terms of how we can actually negotiate that with our partners well i i encourage i encourage all the time to do like regular like check-ins with each other right like daily you know like quick check-ins like we don't have like you know, here, let's have a cup, you know, long cup of coffee and sit here for an hour and do a check-in. Like that's oftentimes not realistic, ideal for sure, but not realistic for many. But it's like having those little check-ins, like, you know, how's everything going? How are you feeling? Like how, you know, do you need more rest tonight? Do I need more rest? Or, you know, we have these things on our calendar. We need somehow who's going to do it. How are we going to get these things done? And how do we work together to do them, but if we're not checking in regularly about what we need, then it's not going to happen. Uh, and I think this last year has been really evident for a lot of um, parents because parenting is always challenging. It's always hard. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of things that we need to do. And I think parents are doing more and more than ever before. And then this last year, it's like, there. I mean, it's just like gone way up. And so how we need to talk together, <laughs> we need to communicate because we're all, we all need that support. And, and who are we asking if we can't do it? You know, or are there things that we can take off the plate? And sometimes things that I think are really important to do when I bring it up and check in with my husband, he's like, is this, is this really important? And so sometimes his perspective can help me see things in a different way. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. I guess we don't have to do this right now. I want to do it right now, but you're right. It's not realistic. It's not, you know, and it's, it's helpful. It's helpful to have his perspective and vice versa. I think he would agree that my perspective is helpful for him too. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, it just brings up so many questions, right? So maybe the first one here is uh, any ideas about how we do this check-in because um, life is busy. And yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, that relationship so any ideas and thoughts about how couples can kind of uh, do that check yeah well i like to like pick like a time like hey every you know when we come home together like it, it like if you have those traditional we both are home at the same time maybe maybe we can go for a walk together or maybe while the baby's sitting on the floor laying down we you know you know, playing with their activity center. We'll sit here and, and check in and talk about, you know, what's going on, what do we need? Or we go for a walk or, you know, your kids are older and they're at doing some sporting event and you can, you know, hang out and chat. Or maybe you, you're both early people and you like to get up and, and talk then over a cup of coffee, a quick cup of coffee. Or maybe you're, you have more passing jobs and you don't have, you don't always see each other. So maybe you set up a time where you're like, okay, let's check in. Like, I, I don't think the phone is ideal. Text messaging about what's going on is usually not ideal because we get, we can misinterpret things. But I think like if you can get on a phone call or like FaceTime or something like that and have a conversation about what, um, just checking in with each other about what's going on, how your day is going, you know, maybe you're struggling with something, you know, how can you support each other in that? Or you had a big meeting or you have this difficult client or, you know, the kids are driving you crazy and, you know, you can tag team, figure out how you can tag team better or whatever. But, you know, just like quick, like, you know, 15 minutes is I, I, ideal. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. And I think it's depending on what's going on. But I think if you can get in the habit of doing it, the easier it is and the more efficient it can be. But just having those, you know, regular check-ins and, you know, research shows that it is helpful for your relationship. It's helpful overall for, for mood and, and everything. And so we just have to be intentional about it because I think as parents, if we're not intentional, attention, <laughs> what am I trying to say? If we're, we're not intentional about the things that we want to do, then it's not going to happen because, you know, something will come up with the kids and they'll need to do this or this will happen. And if we're not saying, Hey, no, we're going to make time for our relationship right now then it won't happen. Like if we're not putting it on the calendar, if we're not doing it on a consistent basis, it's easy to not do it. Yeah, it's important to be conscious. Yes, yes. So what do you, I mean, you know, so check-in is one thing. Um, what are some of the other um, Well, I'm all about like weekly date nights. Uh, and again, that's easier said than done a lot of times, you know, either financially or time-wise, but even if it's, hey, like one night a week or one day a week, we're gonna, you know, maybe the kids are asleep, go to bed early or whatever, and you're gonna sit and, you know, do something that you guys enjoy doing, or maybe you wanna learn something new or some sort of activity that you'll spend with each other doing something that you're not on your phone you know, scrolling social media or something like that, that you're focused on each other doing something fun. So I think it's like having those regular, those um, converse, you know, time together, enjoying each other, because we do a lot of work 
for each other, with each other. But I think we also need to have that enjoyable time, you know, to appreciate why we are with the partners we're with. And then I think it's just even to, you know, acknowledge like that things are, you know, things are different, things are hard, you know, our relationship isn't what it used to be. Now we have kids or the kids are growing, you know, mine are at the age where, you know, they need less of us on a regular basis. And so now like things are shifting and changing again. And it's like being able to talk about that and have those conversations about how it is for each of us because his perspective and experience of how it is is way different than mine. So it's really all about communication. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's like making and, and making that time, you know, for each other. Yeah. So you, you talk about, uh, obviously, you know, you talk about sort of happy relationships. You also talk about how, how you can kind of like regain this passion in your life for your relationship. Yeah. Um, how do we do that? <laughs> um, well, I think one of the things is uh, we we focus a lot, I know I can, I can get into this rut too, is like focusing on what's not happening or what I don't like or how my, you know, my partner's upsetting me or what my kids aren't doing. And it's like kind of like shifting and being like, okay, this is what they are doing. This is how they are helping me. This is, you know, and looking at more of the positives of what is happening and like letting them know what I appreciate and how I see them being And it. It starts to shift and change my perspective of like how things are going as well. Uh, you know, I have a, a tween, I think they call themselves. Uh, <laughs> and let me tell you, that's an interesting stage too, you know. Um, and it can be frustrating. I, he, in fact, he recently told us, he's like, um, I don't know if it's like, you guys are just getting more annoying or I just think you're more annoying. And I'm like, mm, I think you just think we're more annoying. <laughs> But, you know, like totally like sweet and we like laughed about it or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, you're, cause you're kind of, you're a lot different than you used to be too, you know? So, but it's like being able to like see like the good things that are happening. Like it's, I miss that little, the, I love three and four year olds. I think they're fun and curious and, and they say funny things and but you know, also 12 year olds are funny and curious and they say funny things. And so it's like, yeah, I miss that little stage when they're little and think on some level things are easier to do or to go do and you have more influence over what they, what their lives look like than as they get older. Um, but it's also like, I, instead of me dwelling on what isn't happening or what I don't have anymore, it's like, oh, but look what I do have and look at this, how fun and um, life is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things I, I tell parents too, because I think that is like, but I do like there is the grief in what isn't like, you know, he's just promoted on so he'll be going to middle school. And so my kids will never because they're four years apart, they'll never be in the same class again, or in the same school again, I mean, and um, I'm sad about that. Like, I'm sad that they'll be separated, but I'm also like excited for what he has to come. And I think it's, there's a lot of like these bittersweet moments and like, I've been calling them ands. Like I am excited for him and excited for these new adventures. And I'm sad at, you know, 
this loss. And I think we can do both. I think it's saying like, oh, you shouldn't feel this way or you shouldn't feel that way. I think you can feel, you should feel all the feelings that you have and, and that's okay. And if you need help, you know, getting through any of them is like getting that support that you need for that. But it's, parenthood is like full of emotions. It is a roller coaster and it, it doesn't really <laughs> slow down. <laughs> So what are, what are some of your techniques? So, you know, it seems like you're doing so much with your husband. You guys are doing a workshop. You're doing this work together. What are some of your sort of experiences or your tips that uh, that you're following yourself? Yeah, so we do we do the regular date nights. Um, usually they're Saturdays. And it's, it's funny, I'll tell people, you know, in the early days, you know, our, you know, our kids would be, go down to bed and, um, Fortunately, we have, you know, grandparents that live close, so we were able to, you know, get their help. And so they would kind of just, one of them would be there and watch them and, you know, we, it'd be easy for us to go out. And now that they're older, and this is, so this has been like a regular thing that we've always done. And it was hard in the beginning for me to like do it because to leave them or feel like I was leaving them because, oh, I'm also, I go to work or I do these things and now I'm leaving them again, though I found like, it is so beneficial. And now they're like, are you going on a date night? Like they were really not happy with the pandemic when we were like stuck inside. And I was like, why are you ever leaving? <laughs> what are you guys going on a date night? <laughs> Leave, we, we like it better. You know, it's like, cause they get like dinner out with Nana, like, you know, somewhere where we might not take them or get extra desserts or whatever, you know? So they enjoy it and like look forward to us having space from us, I think as much as we need <laughs> space from them. So, um, yeah, so we do the regular date nights, we do the check-ins, we had gotten out, and then I also encourage like couples to do like check-in on your calendars, right? Like what are things that are coming up because it's easy to get overloaded and then feel like pressure, like where am I supposed to be? And there's all these things going on and I can't do them all by myself and I need, you know, help for my partner to make these things happen. So it's like making sure that we're going over a calendar and again, we had gotten out of the habit of doing it because we just weren't doing much. And, you know, I just had to buy this big calendar. And now the kids are of age where they're adding things to the calendar too, that either they want to do, or, you know, they're like, oh, I'm having, you know, if there's a sleepover, I want to have a friend over. So they're adding to the list of things they would like to have happen, you know, so that's been, it's been more fun to do it like as a family and then having like these regular check-ins over like, okay, who's going to be taking you to soccer practice or who, you know, who's, who's, you know, doing the pickup at school or whatever that is. Yeah, it makes sense. So Catherine, what have been some of the challenges that you've um, sort of faced um, through, through kind of this journey, right? Obviously uh, you kind of had your practice, um, mm-hmm. therapy and counseling. And what are you seeing that's kind of resonating, not resonating? What are some of the challenges that you um, like, I, I mean, I think it's the continuing, like, to face, like, making sure, like, having a good support system, like, friends, like, a sense of community. I think it can be get lonely as a mother, and I think sometimes, too, like, as a therapist, and, you know, my specialty is being working with parents, so sometimes it's like, okay, well, where, where do I step in as a mom, and where am I stepping in as a therapist, and, you know, who, where is my support system, and, like, figuring those things out, and so um, I think that that has been a challenge for me personally, and I think it continues to evolve in realizing, like, you know, sometimes your friends aren't here, but they're this in other areas, or you have friends 
that are supportive in these areas and other ones that are supportive in this and not expecting, you know, certain people to be everything to you. Like, oh, you have to, you have to like to go do this and you have to go like do that, you know, but being able to like spread things out and getting support in different areas from different people. And I guess, you know, if you have too high expectations, maybe there's some disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I, and I think, you know, especially in parenthood there, we have a lot of expectations or things that we see that we think things are going to go and it can be really challenging for us. Yeah. So I guess related to that, and it's the question that I asked is that as a, as a mom, as a parent, is there one feeling that you have that you would rather not feel? <laughs> uh, that the heaviness, if my kids are hurting, <laughs> like, uh, nothing is worse than like, I will, I will take it on, like, give me whatever, but to see them hurting, disappointed in something that they either really wanted or weren't able to, you know, like in sports or, you know, a disappointment from a game or whatever it is, like, you know, or with friends or different things. It's like, oh, the hurt of my child is like the worst or if they're sick or, you know, you don't want to see them uh, suffer, right? Yeah. All of the kind of uh, downfalls and issues. Yeah. I, I just like tell myself, it's like, okay, I'm just going to hold space for them to learn how to like feel the feelings to help them get through. Like so much you just like want to take it, oh, it away, but it's like, I know like this is life. Like they're going to have to learn to have all these feelings and they will do much better if I am there to support them and encourage them and let them know they have somewhere to lean on than if I like make sure nothing bad ever happens to them because when they do go out in the real world it's going to be much harder because they're you know life happens and there's no avoiding feeling there's no avoiding you know disappointment and sadness and grief and happiness you know like a range so no exactly we actually did a podcast on that called uh, gift of feeling uh, so that's kind of an interesting uh, concept right if you want, if you want to be yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you've uh, you've been doing this uh, counseling and, and, and writing the book. How has any of this changed? I think it's made me, right, as a therapist, like I'm not supposed to be judgmental. And I think if anything, I'm judgmental on myself more than like other people. I think it's made me less, judgmental it's less like seeing like there is a range there's there's a range of ways to parent there's a range you know of how you feed your children of how you the kids will sleep you know and there's not a right way there's not like oh you've absolutely got to do it this way you know I think it's and it's so it's helped me see like that works for them or this you know this is helpful or helping being able to help parents explore what are the options that are gonna work for them. And that you don't have to be like, no, this this book said this, so I absolutely have to do it this way. It's like, no, there's so many different ways. And I think even having two kids myself is they're completely different in how they sleep and how they eat, you know, in their personalities and stuff. It's like, so they need different things from us. So it's like, if I'm, I need to be able to adapt to that and, and being in order to support them and so I think that has changed me and that has made me more open to like all the different views that there's not, you know, I grew up in a very like conservative Catholic family and there's like the right way you do things, you know? 
<laughs> and so, but there isn't, you know, there isn't just one way. So it's been, and I think it's been a really, I'm glad. I Parenting has taught me way more than I ever imagined. Yeah. You know, I really like the fact that you said that there's a reason. Obviously, talk to people over here, if I talk to people over here, or really we, we, we as parents listen to others, um, we're quick to, we're quick to sort of jump to these conclusions around that's the wrong way or that's the right way. Mm-hmm. for parents to like, you know, how they can become non-judgmental around some of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, and it it is kind of nice to see because I think as, you know, like we, you mentioned expectations, we go in expecting certain things like our, you know, I read this book on how my kid is going to sleep. So they're going to, I'm going to make sure they sleep that way. And then of course you have the kid that's not going to follow these guidelines, you know, they're going to do their own thing and, and make it hard and you're going to have to figure something else out. Um, I think, so that's been nice to see is people as their kids grow, that they start to see like, okay, yeah, like it can be a different way. Um, but I think it's like, I think by not being judgmental is like first stopping or lessening the judgment on themselves and giving themselves more compassion of how things are going and what they are experiencing and that their, you know, parenthood is is unexpected, it's usually not going to go the way you planned. (laughs) Like, uh, that's, that's been my, (laughs) like, if you think you, you know, hey, I want to have a kid that, you know, I hope they play baseball, and they're the kids are like, oh, no, I don't even like balls, you know, Um, you know, or like, I thought I wanted, you know, oh, cute, girly girl, I don't know, not at all, you know, so it's like that, and that's good. It's been good for me to be like, okay, letting my kids be who they are versus who I wanted them to be or who, who I thought I would have because I like these things. So they, they'll like these things. No, they don't. They like what they like and, and do what they want to do. Um, so I think it's like taking the, almost like taking the pressure off themselves and stop judging, you know, working on not judging themselves is then helpful to not judging others. <laughs> so, uh, Catherine, tell me, what's your hope for the audience that you're actually inviting? Yeah. Um, I guess my hope is that that couples will see, like, this is, this is a challenging time, and that instead of, like, feeling um, that they go away from each other, that they'll look and want to move towards each other and look at how can we support each other and that when things you know difficult situations arise or they're tired or they're frustrated that they'll be more curious like okay like I'm frustrated with you why am I frustrated with you like let's figure out how we can work together so that I don't keep feeling like this or keep getting frustrated um and and really you know be able to talk and communicate about how each each are feeling, even if they're difficult conversations to have. And I guess it all really starts with me. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So that's great, Catherine. Uh, this is all such uh, great feedback. 
couples. Um, before we sort of uh, close, uh, maybe you can just tell the audience where they can get a hold of you. Yeah. Uh, well, my website is Happy with Baby, and you can get a link to our book there, um, Happy, which is Happy with Baby Essential Relationship Advice When Partners Become Parents. And, you know, we have, you know, I have Facebook support group. I do a virtual meetup. Um, so all sorts of different support for new parents. Um, and then, of course, I do provide counseling in the, the California state of California. And, you know, we also do some like intensives and workshops and different things um, all around. So, yeah. All that we can get on the website. Okay. Great. But that will all be available on your website? Yep, that's all available on my website mm -hmm. and links to social media, which if anyone's interested is all at happy with baby to keep things simple for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. We will, we will put a link to okay. your website uh, when we do the show notes. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you very much, Catherine. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. We would really appreciate if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send us any feedback to reachingroots at wishslate.com. Also, download the Wishslate app to help organize wish lists for your family and change the way you gift. You can download this from www.wishslate.com slash download.